years. As long as you get married. I need that wedding. I need some beauty and some music and some place cards before I die. I saw that going differently in my mind. You know what's wrong with you? No, what? Welcome to The Dating Debrief. I'm your host, Thomas Tucker. Here we try to provide a safe environment for people to share their experiences with looking for love and intimacy. I interview people of all walks of life on this show, and while I neither condone nor condemn their behavior, the purpose is to share their stories with the rest of you so we can all better understand one another. This podcast endeavors to create a safe and respectful LGBTQIAC loving space where we listen with love and respect to people of all races, faiths, walks of life, sexual preferences and identities, and where we stress consent, understanding, respect for others, and love between all people. This podcast may contain profanity or descriptions of triggering events as we explore some of the trauma that some of our guests have experienced. Remember, you can stop listening at any time. Please help us provide an ongoing, supportive, and soul-searching environment to delve deeper into people's personal experiences with dating, frustrations, celebrations, challenges, and learn a little bit about how others are looking for love and long-term romantic connection. Welcome to the Dating Debrief. Today we visit with Stephanie, or Krimi, as her friends and family call her. Krimi shares her stories of attempting to navigate the labyrinth of online dating with us as she continues to run into dead ends and deadbeats. From deceptions to dingle picks, Krimi reminds us of the difficult struggle to find a true companion, but also of the incredible worth and value that the right person can have in our lives. How are things going for you in, in social distancing and everything? Big gulp. Um, yeah. Big gulp. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, ah, God, this is a crazy time. Um, this is an unprecedented time. And it's kind of like, I saw this meme that really resonated with me the other day. It's like, where am I going to find my soulmate on the way to my fridge? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, where, <laughs> where am I going to find him? You know, it's just, it's such a bizarre time right now. It's like, and then it's kind of like, you know, we're all wearing masks. And so it's like, you know, I can see your eyes, but that's all, you know, I don't know. It's just so weird. It's just a weird, weird time. I've been doing like, like the dating apps, you know, I think that's where I even met you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that for a little bit in December and um, I ended up just having such a weird, 
I don't know. I don't know why, or it's just, you know, it is what it is. It's part of my story. I just haven't been lucky in that area. Um, I've come across like kind of strange scenarios and I would love to just, uh, like what? Yeah. Let me go ahead and spill some tea to you. Just have the listeners grab their popcorn (laughs) and just like sit back and let me, let me tell you about uh, my, my adventures. (laughs) So it's, it's been so odd. Okay. So I dated this dude back in December and I met him on Bumble. Mind you going into this like dating app world. I was so apprehensive because I just, I don't know. It's like online dating. I'm a hopeless romantic. I still have like visions. Oh, I'm just going to bump into him in the produce aisle at ATB and we're going to just hit it off and be, <laughs> you know, and all that good stuff. But my, that just wasn't happening for me. And back in December, my friends were like, just do it. Like everyone does it. It's the 21st century. It's almost 2020. Like just do it. So I downloaded Bumble, start dating this guy date him for a couple of months, not even, and, and like find out that like he lives with his mom and he has a four-year-old. He doesn't, he's in like a lot of debt. He doesn't have car insurance. His car's not registered. And now all this like would have been nice to know like upfront, not saying like, you know, I would, I would like to, my ego would like to say like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, that all these things. Right. But at the end of the day, like I feel like he probably wasn't in a place, right? If you're living at home, you're having a lot of debt issues. You're hiding like a child. You're, you're just living like a double life in that manner. You're probably not in a case or in a place to, uh, to date, you know? I think that you should put like your child and the financial security for yourself ahead of uh, dating, and so that was kind of like a blow to like find out, right? Because he had not told me all this. I had to find out third party about everything, which was wild. Um, and then, so I got off dating apps. Okay, so no wait, I lie. So there's one more. I have to tell you about Mr. Wanky. Mr. Wanky on FaceTime. Mr. Wanky? Mr. Wanky decided to diddle himself on FaceTime. This was right after I broke up with, you know, mama's guy or whatever we want to call. I feel too bad to even give him a nickname, but like that guy broke up with him, obviously. And then I get on again, hinge this time because my friends were like, Oh, maybe it's the app. Like, and of course I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the app. Totally. That's why I had bad luck, you know, and I get humanity (laughs) hasn't taken a dive for the worse. It's the app. (laughs) Yeah. Then I get, then I get on hinge and you know, I like start talking to this guy, we like FaceTime twice come the third FaceTime, Mr. Winky was just very comfortable with himself and was like, yeah, do you want to see something? And started like diddling himself on FaceTime and my mouth like dropped to the floor. I was like laughing because I was so like, he, he's serious. Like he's choking his situation and like thinking, I want to see such a business. Now, like, side note, <laughs> like, I just met, I mean, like, I just want to, like, explain, I just met this this guy virtually, mind you. Um, like, I think that there's different uh, 
you know, etiquette, if you will, if, if it's your man or if it's your woman, if it's, if you're in like a, an exclusive relationship, of course, like FaceTime fun type stuff. Right. But I mean, I just met him sure. virtually Sexting a little, yeah, of course, of course. And then doing, um, you know, and then, you know, all that FaceTime fun stuff again, like in a, and, and that's just for me personally, that this is my beliefs is just in a relationship, not, uh, not knowing, you know, the, the guy it just threw me off. Right. I was like, Oh, we this is our like third time talking. <laughs> like, wow. So then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going on a, I'm stopping. And so I was like, okay, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it was like, you know, signs from the universe and from the powers that be, it's just not, uh, not meant to be right now. And so I took that break and that was in March. And then coincidentally, about two weeks later, uh, you know, quarantine happened. And uh, so I was, I went on this like spiritual journey where it was every day meditating for like 20, 30 minutes a day. Uh, I also ended up getting unemployed during that week. Um, so it was like, I'm sorry. no yeah, it was, it was bizarre. The boss walked in and said, Hey, you're expendable. And I was like, awesome. So yeah, it was a whole crazy like transformation. Like March, 2020 was like the beginning of this, um, journey to find myself all by myself. Um, and it was beautiful. And, uh, I really enjoyed that time that I had. Um, and I, I was like, okay, I'm going to get back into the dating, dating game come August. So cut to August, you guys, right? So I get back on Bumble. <laughs> and this past weekend <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, shit. Listen. So, oh, dear God. Yes. I don't know what, what is, I, I mean, I'm telling you the powers that be are just like, girl, I don't know. I don't even know what to do with you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Listen. So, oh my God, I can't even with just, okay. So this happened this past weekend and I shit you not, this is what went down. So again, start talking with a guy on Bumble. I, I ended up downloading Bumble again. Again, my friends are like, yeah, just do it. Just do it. And of course I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm going to just hold off on the online thing. But where are you going to meet other people? Like, you need to just do it. Like, da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Now, I feel like I'm blaming it way too much on, like, other people. Because I really, I really do want to meet someone so bad, right? But I do have to Yeah, we all want honest. intimacy and love. Right. But so being so, so, so transparent and honest, it's always been a third party, like, kind of like, come on, come on. Like, I definitely have always needed that extra nudge to do online dating. And that's just me personally. So be that as it may, I get back on Bumble. And uh, I start talking to this guy. And, oh, we're going to go on a day date and on Sunday, just this past Sunday. And we're going to go to the Greenbelt here in Austin, Texas. Okay, great. So I meet him around the spyglass area and, you know, everything's cool. So we walk in or we're go to, we go to the spring area, uh, this like natural springs, like water spot. And he was like, do you want to do a meditation with me? And I was like, yes, of course. I'm so into that. So we start doing a meditation. Now in the middle of meditation, he starts 
uh, taking like the spring water and pouring it over me, which I can get into because, you know, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that kind of thing. Right. But what the dude did is he hmm. took it so far. Like he was rubbing my third eye, as he would call it, my third eye, rubbing my temples. And I was like, what is life? And then he like leaned in and was like, can I hug you? And I was like, oh, okay. And so we start to hug and he starts going into chants. Like, oh, hum, no hum. And being like really dramatic about it. Now, mind you, chanting is obviously part of a lot of people's uh, meditation practice. I've done the Deepak Chopra meditation. So like, I know that, that some people really are into this type of meditation, but what took it too far for me is that homeboy like grabbed me, like my, my butt and like put me on top of him while we were like, while I was meditating after we hugged and I like separated he took me put him on top of him and i was like what is life like why did he think it was okay that you know to do such business i didn't know like what to do like again i really get down with the meditation and stuff like that but what took me off guard is that first of all it's like covid i don't really know him you know and like um obviously the way he was like yelled to me like, okay, so I'm probably like the third girl today that you're trying to pull this like game on, you know? I mean, again, that's very possible that it's just me thinking that, right? Because I have trust issues, I guess. Um, however. Don't we all have trust issues? Yes. However, it was just a really awkward thing. And then um, we went in, I just, it, I was really surprised by it. Um, but the thing is, is that's just not what I'm about. There's tons of people out there who will have sex on the first meeting who will, you know, I think that uh, Austin even has like that type of vibe, like hippie, free love, like all of these things, which is beautiful and great, right? It's just not so much for every single person, right? And I don't find it to be something that I'm really that into. Um and then he like proceeded to tell me that he hasn't been paying rent, you know, because, um, because he's unemployed and, um, just all these things. And he was asking if I, you know, could, uh, buy him lunch and stuff like that. And I was like, hell yeah, you know, I'll totally help you out. But, um, afterwards I left, he texted me. He was like, I think we had a beautiful connection and I just don't feel that way. Um, it was just odd. It was just really odd. And then after like processing that interaction with some friends, it was brought to my attention that, you know, guys will sometimes do that. They'll use the meditation, the spiritual, um, like path, if you will, to try to just lure friends. Oh my God. And this is the part that I left out. That's so the biggest issue. So we're walking back and there was a cliff and he was like, Oh, you know, I, I'd love to go cliff jumping. I was like, yeah, absolutely. We should go sometime again, just like being casual, you know, whatever. And, uh, he was like, can I have another hug? And I was like, sure. So I hug him again and he believed he uh, proceeds to chant. We stop hugging Thomas Tucker. And this is what he says to me. He goes, Oh, look who you woke up. And dude, has his his situation pointing and i was like oh haha is that just a gun 
And like, <laughs> could not believe it. Like, why does he think that's okay? So that's been my experiences of dating online so far. <laughs> it's amazing that you are so forgiving of so much of this deplorable conduct in person. And that even I can hear you second guessing your reactions and then going back and running them by your friends for sanity check and saying, okay, is it, is it okay if he starts pouring water all over me? Um, okay. Now is it okay if he starts pouring lots of water all over me? Okay. Now he's touching me. There's massaging going on. We barely know it. Like I just met him. This is somebody I just met online and now he's picking me up and putting me in his lap, but there's humming. There's, there's all <laughs> these things going on. And, and now he's saying we really connected and, and, Oh, look at my penis. And, and none of this, <laughs> This is like none of this. None of this triggers in you a, a, a cause for you to like put your hand on him and say boundaries. Um, no, like don't. I, I'm not ready for you to touch me that way. I'm not ready for that. And then also after the the situation is over, you almost it it's almost sounds like like you kind of expect that this is expected behavior of some Austin men that they're going to manipulate you with wellness practices and with these thoughts around meditation and yoga um, into that's it's, it's like, it's like using some kind of wellness to get an excuse to touch you, which then they get an, they use as an excuse to assault you. And none of that is okay. Like that entire situation is disgusting. No, and it really is. And I'm really glad that you brought all that to my attention. That's actually, um, I didn't even think of it that way. That is how sad it is to be a woman in today's society. Like straight up, it is so difficult to be a woman, but I, and at least not, not all women. And see, the reason for my hesitation is it's so hard for me to have an opinion and stick to it because I care so much what other people think about me and God forbid I offend someone or make them uh, have a different opinion of me and want to think negatively about me. But I, that is something mm. I have got to work. I don't know. That is just something that's been embedded in me uh, for the, as long as I can remember. However, be that as it may, let's try this again. And let me say that it is so hard to be a woman. Okay. That's my, that's my opinion um, in today's society. Um, especially thank gosh, you know, it's gotten better, right. Uh, with the me too movements and things like that, but like homeboy thinking it's okay that he can jack off on FaceTime, right. Who in the right mind would think that that's okay. Right now, when I did now with him, I did like, cause of course what I did is I ghost them, if you will, like I won't text back and blah, blah, blah. So I'll just like casually like slip away as opposed to like confronting it head on, which I should do. Now that I did not with uh, Mr. Wanky, I did tell Mr. Wanky after, <laughs> like I did text him, like he was like, where are you? Da, da, da. I was like, you are one of the reasons why the Me Too movement exists. And he was like, what, what are you talking about? Da, da, da. Like he totally didn't get it. 
and then he ended up like blocking me on Facebook or, um, or maybe he deleted, I don't know exactly. I wonder, he blocked me. Okay. Like something da, 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 maybe he deleted me, but I remember like seeing like, Oh, he must've blocked me, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was probably Facebook, obviously, or like Instagram, right? Like just some sort of social media situation because we were friends. Like I, here's the other thing. Like I have to do like, I, I feel like I need to been verified everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I almost like this, my deep trust issues, like obviously started with, you know, the parents and like, yes, I'm an addict alcoholic as well. Um, and then come from a really untrustworthy family upbringing. So like I have probably arguably a little bit deeper trust issues than normal people or whatever we want to say is normal. However, (laughs) um, (laughs) I haven't had very good luck in the dating world either. So like every single guy, it seems that I've dated online has like been fraudulent in some way like as like said they were one thing and been another um so anyway i'm just really uh i'm really taken back by that point of you know you letting me know you know that it's it's not okay i I admire a number of things about the way that you've handled these situations it's with ghosting um, I think ghosting is a great way for you to say, um, look, I do not owe you a response. Uh, just because you send me a message, just because you're continuing to try and reach out, I don't owe you a reason. I don't owe you a response. Um, you, this is not this is not something that I want. And we're talking about people that you've barely met or talked to a couple of times. I mean, you, you FaceTimed with the person like three times and then he pulled out yeah. his penis. Right. And uh, y- y- at, at that point, we're kind of like, okay, uh, cart before horse, you know, penis before hello. Like it's uh, it, it just everything is so out of sync that at the, I feel at that point, just cutting off communication is a completely valid and actually really healthy thing to do. Um, like, cause you're not, you're not breaking up with somebody you've been going out with for three years over a text message or ghosting your husband yeah. or something. You're, you're telling somebody you've just started interacting with. I don't want to spend any more time even wasting on sending you a text. And I admire that a lot. Um, I also think that you, both you and I might be people pleasers where um, I don't I don't have uh, deep trust issues, but I do have a deep seated need for other people to acknowledge that I'm doing the best that I can and that I am um, worthy of attention and time and not I don't, that I don't fall into these other buckets that I think people put people in with, with this deplorable behavior or, or I don't like it when people expect that I will exhibit the same behavior that previous people with whom they've interacted uh, with have exhibited. Um, And I certainly think from my history of alcoholism um, that there was a lot of low self-esteem and low self-confidence when I was drinking and a very low sense of self-worth with a huge inflated sense of ego. And so I would carry around this big bravado kind of personality while at the same time going home and saying, 
you're a piece of shit. Nobody will ever love you because you're not deserving of love. And now I feel that it's such the reverse. But since I don't carry around that ego, it's I almost feel like I have to go the extra mile um, through my actions and everything to show that I'm worth spending time with. And I have to remember that people who actually like who I am and people who actually want that kind of interaction, they will make time, they will make space, and they will make me a priority. And it's, 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 it's almost interesting. Like, one of the things that interests me is, is that you said you, you might want to bend verified everybody. Um, I'm, I'm really interested that you get on the dating app, you'll meet somebody very quickly, you're fine with, um, you're fine with starting a dialogue, uh, even an extended dialogue with one person and then going out with them. You dated the one guy for a couple of months before you realized that he lived with his mom and he had a four-year-old kid. He was like, um, mm. how, are there, are there, are there things that perhaps we are leaving unsaid up front or questions that we are afraid to ask in, uh, for fear of being rejected that maybe would give you additional insight earlier on to disqualify people as a potential partner? Absolutely. Um, I would like to say that with um, the guy that I dated for a couple of months, he, you know, I, I asked a lot of questions and his answers were just not truthful, unfortunately. Um mm. You know, so going, I, I was completely blindsided when, you know, I found all of this out and, you know, oh, I'm three years sober and that's what he would tell me. And then one of my girlfriends were like, well, no stuff. Like I ended up doing Coke with him back in October. So like, he's like three months maybe, you know, so there was just so many discrepancies with his story. And that was just a huge blow, you know, cause uh, I did, I had to meet my family um, and I didn't, I just trusted everything he said. And of course it was, oh my gosh, Stephanie, you really have so many trust issues with people. Like I, you've asked me this question so many times and I've given you the answer. Uh, like, I, I can't even think of a specific, but like why this or why that, you know, or just like, I'll ask questions because the thing is that as you get older, I'm 36 now. So like, yes, I'm in a space where I hope to find like a, a human I can like procreate with within the next like five, 10 years, because biologically that would, you know, I, I would like to have a kid. Right. So, and I would like to find my human and then, you know, I am getting older. So it's like, I'm in a different space than I was like 26 years old. So here I am at 36 and finally loving myself. Um, because I'm over mm -hmm. two, like I'm almost two and a half years sober. So finally going through all this stuff, um, I have no problems having that dialogue. The issue is, um, that for whatever reason, you know, this guy lied to me. Um, mm -hmm. but I will say this though, uh, I, during dating him, I was in a space where I was kind of like, well, you'll do, you know, because I was like, well, you're old and I'm old. So, uh, you know, you're fine. And so like, I was in this space of like, okay, I'll just settle. Right. And so incidentally, if you think about it, I was being fraudulent towards him because I would tell him that, you know, I liked him more than I did that, you know, the, all these things that I was just like into him. Right. And 
blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and that just wasn't the truth, you know? So here I am Mm. being untruthful to him. Right. Like I would tell myself on the surface, like my ego would say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like him. You know, like I'm really da da da. However, my true self would say, absolutely not. I'm just settling. I'm just, you know, I feel like I have to because I'm older. And, um, so if I would have gotten really honest with myself or yeah, if I would have gotten really uh, honest with myself around that time, cause I believe like attracts like, so, um, that's what I was, that's, that's who I attracted around that time because I was like, well, I better hurry. Cause you know, in, in December I turned 36. Well, I better hurry because I'm, I'm this old, you know, as opposed to like for, um, for reasons out of pure love and light. Right. Um, so now, you know, I, it was a day date. I'm kind of questioning, like, why is it, you know, I want to know my ego wants to know because I'm so powerful as a human, of course. Why did I attract <laughs> that type of guy, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a question I need to sit with. I think it's a really good question of of why do we attract the people that we attract And, um, I think we can be really hard on ourselves when we start asking those kinds of questions sometimes, because there are patterns of who we pick and who we continue to allow to be around us and where we put our time in the long run and in a large set of people. But the, the patterns I, the, I studied statistics a couple of years ago and, and there's a, some, there's something called the central limit theorem where essentially you can make a statistical analysis of a data set, but in order to make a statistical analysis, you have to have at least 31 points of data. You have to have uh, 31 people answer a survey or at least 31 people to, to answer something for this central limit theorem to come into play. So if you think about it, like there's going to be a bell curve of, of personalities. There's going to be people that you are very not attracted to people that you're very attracted to people that are, that don't respect boundaries, people that do, um, that you're going to meet. So there's a certain amount of vetting that we can do up front and we can ask all of these questions. We can try to put our trust issues aside, but it's really, really hard. We can try to put our insecurities and our anxiety like behind us, but that's really, really hard. And then show up with the best intentions and the most open hearts possible when we meet someone and give them the benefit of doubt. And then the question is, how do we figure out who they are in reality and how do we make it very clear that it needs to be okay for us to ask whatever questions we need to ask as many times as we need to ask them that it's not okay for them to gaslight us or say that we are asking things out of insecurity or other things they can they can challenge us but i don't want to be told oh you're needy oh you're it, just because I have a concern, if I have an emotional concern, it's valid. If the other person has an emotional concern, it's valid. And I think people really struggle to have critical struggle. I think people really struggle these days in knowing how to have critical conversations because they are hard and because they involve like deep truths. Um, 
I was recently challenged by a friend of mine um, named Nicole. She sent me a request on Facebook and a link to a podcasting episode about um, by a, a woman that's a Buddhist teacher. And in the podcasting episode, the uh, the teacher talked about practicing daily gratitude, which is something I'm hugely into. Absolutely. And I uh, try to pray every night. Thank you. Yeah. I try to pray every night. I try to say, thank you for keeping me sober today. Please help me stay sober tomorrow. Thank you for this and that and, and for the good things in my life. And if I don't see tomorrow, that's, that's okay. Thank you for the time that I've been given. Um, and, uh, she sent me this link to this podcasting episode. And one of the things in there was this gratitude exercise and what the, what the speaker of the podcast was recommending is, why don't you choose somebody in your life, either your partner or somebody that you want to deepen your connection with? And in this time of, of separation, uh, see if they will be your gratitude partner, where for the next 30 days, you text them or talk to them or whatever it happens to be. There's no timeline on it. But once a day, you text them three things that you're grateful for. And they communicate back to you whenever they can, three things that they're grateful for that day. And you just do it over and over and over. And as we've been doing this with each other, I realize it builds my trust with her. Even though we started a friendship before this, this, this ability for somebody to say things that they have to come up with that force them to not have pre- stored answers and then lets me know about more about who she is lets me know more about her values and then the fact that she texts me every day lets me know that this is the kind of person i can expect uh consistency and reliability from and uh i'm one i've been wondering lately why i haven't done these kinds of things or expected this kind of communication in the people that i date why do i lower my standards so much and accept whatever behavior the other person considers as normal to be normal for that, uh, for that uh, interaction and that, that dating experience with that person. So many times I'll just go, Oh, they, their version of dating is this. Well, okay. I'll be open to that and I'll try it. But if I'm very interested in someone, I think a lot of the time I'm terrified that if I say, actually my desire for a healthy dating experience looks like this. Like, I don't, I don't want to see each other once a week. I want to talk daily. And that doesn't mean I'm needy. That means I demand to be a priority. I'm a, I'm terrified that if I make these rules or if, that if I set these expectations that I'll just be rejected faster. And of course I'm 41 and I'm like, I don't want to die alone. So I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not unfamiliar with this inner dialogue kind of that I think both of you, both you and I are having. Yeah, that's, that is amazing that you just brought that to my attention. And thank you so much for sharing that. I didn't even, it never crossed my mind, but I do the exact same thing. Like what I have, you know, guy friends, of course. Right. And and the dialogue between us is, is much deeper and is much more fulfilling, holds much more value than that of, of a guy that, you know, oh, like, oh, I, I may be interested in, right? That's, I, I never even put that into the perspective. And I, it's, to me, the, the biggest thing that popped up is as humans, we have this need to be loved, to love and be loved. You know, we want to be chosen. We want, 
um, you know, we can't do this alone. You know, humans need to connect. We have a sense to procreate. You know, we're not like animals. We don't get neutered and spayed. You know, I mean, we, we do want to be together at the end of the day. So for me, you know, having someone love me um, in a romantic way, you know, that to me, you know, is something, you know, that, that I want, right? Right now it's like the ultimate prize because it's, I never pictured myself like single. I mean, gosh, I never pictured myself sober, you know, I've had several boyfriends, you know, and thankfully, oh my gosh, she's a oh, no, like, not like that, but like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I've had like guys in my life, of course, right? No, and so we all stay friends. And that's what's really cool is that I really, there's not relationships where we just like, don't talk, which, which I have uh, found value in the friendships after we date, which is beautiful. However, I've never been married. So I've never found that connection where I want to be with you the rest of my life. You know, when I was programmed since I can remember, I remember playing with Barbie and Ken and like pretending they were getting married. And like, you know, there's all, you know, I was uh, programmed from the get go part of my domestication process as my ego was forming that I need to look for love to complete me outside myself. Now, as I've gone on this sobriety journey and this wellness journey, meditation into Buddhism, also like into all sorts of different things, right? Um, I've, I've realized that, you know, the love that I crave is actually the love that resides within me it's part of my Mm -hmm. true, my higher self. Now, however, I logically can say this, but in a blink of an eye, I can go right back to being a, a, a human, you know, on this earth plane who craves a man's love, right? Separate than, than what's, what love resides within me. In, in that is having compassion for yourself that we are simply human. You know, we're just, we're given maybe a hundred years, you know, on this earth plane, you know, we're given a birth date and a death date. What do you want that dash to represent? And I'm grateful that my, my dash represents a complete 180, a psychic change, a spiritual awakening. And my, my dash does represent all things light and love. However, I don't know what that dash is going to be. Is it, is it, is she going to get married? Is she going to find him? Does she have a kid? All these unknown questions. Right. And of course my human biological clock is just ticking away. Tick tock tick. And so all these unanswered questions, you know, definitely can bring up where I've got to kind of settle, you know, where I'll start to be like, Oh, well that can slide. I mean, you know, maybe he was doing this because of A, B, and C. Maybe I'm not seeing it from his point of view, you know? And um, I think that that's, that was such a, a beautiful point to bring up is why do we settle? Why, why do we, when we want, you know, if you want daily communication, why is it okay to say that? Why are we shunned and made to think 
are you like a stage five clinger? Like, what is your business? You know, like, why, why is it like that? So, um, and my answer again would be society and, uh, and all that good stuff and the domestication process. But yeah, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yeah. I mean, you're so open to hearing, to hearing new ideas, to talking about exactly how you feel, um, to, to personal growth, to new paths of understanding yourself better and the people around you better. I think that whatever partner is, whatever human is my human and whatever human is your human, I think they will need to have very high emotional quotients. They'll need to have their own, um, they'll need to have their own practices of, of wellness, of, of finding their own peace. They'll need to have probably a, their own physical uh, health regimens where they're taking care of themselves. They um, uh, can bring new ideas to the table of like things that we could do together. Uh, and you, you mentioned something funny about uh, dating someone uh, that, that was just a liar uh, about their sobriety. Uh, I have actually... I've, I've actually never been in a relationship with someone who was in the program, but if I did date somebody that was in the program, I, I, I wonder if, so I never ask people out at meetings because I, I consider it really uh, rude and intrusive and that violates a safe space, uh, even if I find them crazy attractive. Uh, but, but I wonder if it's totally valid to be like, oh, you're sober. I'm sober. Can I come to your meeting and meet the people like that, that, uh, that go to your home group just to see if you're full of shit. Cause that's where you talk about all of your truth. And that's where you talk about your relapses. So you're telling me you've been sober for like two years. Let's go to your meeting. Cause I want to, I want to meet people that can validate and that can verify the information that you're giving me. Like, I, I recently thought about creating a dating app called like mama's boy, where it would let you ask questions of the person's mother. Like they would say certain things and then you'd be able to like say, okay, was he a little shit in high school or does he actually right. take care of his kids or whatever it was? No, I, absolutely. I feel like, I feel like we've lost this ability as a culture and in point of fact, it is incredibly taboo. Like it's seen as crazy for you to say you meet somebody on Facebook. It is seen as crazy for you to add their friends and to ask them questions about the other person. Like that is seen as absolutely no, no, you don't do that. But right. we used to do things like double dates or, or meet up groups of people and meet. We're missing all right. of this information about what goes on in the, uh, in the rest of somebody's life outside of just their interactions with us. You know, uh, what's kind of funny is, uh, so like what's weird is this guy I was dating, uh, I noticed that we had some friends in common and he would like name drop people. So like I would go up to the, the girlfriends of these guys that he knew, like, Hey, what do you think about this guy? Like ask, ask your, ask your boyfriend, uh, what you think about him because I'm gonna I think I'm gonna start like dating him and he checked out with those guys too like mm. yeah you just never know that's the thing you never you know you don't um, I mean it's just you just never know it's about a leap of faith it's about 
I mean, there's, I think that there's a lot more timing involved too. Not saying that these guys were bad guys, right? And not saying, you know, whatever. It's very possible that this was just the interaction I was supposed to have with them and they have different interactions with other women, right? And so it's just, True. it's about, it's about timing. I think that love has a lot to do with it, but timing also has a lot to do with it. Um, and that I think timing is critical, very critical, um, because, you know, so-and-so could have met me, you know, 10 years ago, but maybe we wouldn't have dated 10 years ago, right? Even though we did date 10 years ago, um, we wouldn't have maybe dated in this time and space. Does that make sense? That's what I want to say. Like yes. say the people I dated 10 years ago, we wouldn't be dating now. You know, I would have ne- I would never date that same type of person now or, or what have you. It's, it's all about timing. That's definitely. And, you know, one thing that I've so noticed, especially doing this podcast with you is how much I double think, rethink, want to take back my opinion. Right. Like for instance, you know, again, I, I, I talked, I touched on that at the beginning, like not wanting to offend anyone by saying like, it's hard to be a woman. Like, Oh no, what if I offend someone? What if they say like that I brought it on myself or, you know, that was my like malady just going, you know, saying like, Oh no, people are going to think poorly of you to, um, Mr. Uh, Wanky who I ended up ghosting and I ended up searching him on like one of the social media sites. It was either Facebook or Instagram, one of the two. But I remember like the feeling of, oh my gosh, like we're not friends on here anymore. He blocked me. And so I was, I don't know. I, I, I like second guessed myself when I was saying that. Right. And, and going into what we're just now talking about, about, um, it's, it's just, it's hard for me to be vulnerable for some reason. It's hard for me to stand and have an opinion and this is what it is. You know, it's easy for me in a, uh, in a small setting, in the rooms with my friends, with my family, but where I, this is my first time actually on a podcast talking about dating, um, and sober, um, during COVID and online, you know, so all of these... a confluence of events. So it's it's just like, what is life? Lemony, Lemony Snicket's confluence of events. Seriously. And so I'm like, what is life? And I just want to make sure I like hit all the points and don't like say anything I'm not supposed to. But here's the thing, like everything that I've said, I'm supposed to say, right? It's just that I am so programmed to care what others think. And again, that ties into why we allow, like you'll allow other women to not treat you the way Nicole treats you, right? While I'll let other men like treat me um, poorly is because we're so programmed to not want to offend, you know, I, I, uh, or not be good enough. We want to be a part of, right. And so it brings to mind a meme and it was like, it's, it's 2023 opinions are, are illegal, you know? And it's just like, I saw that meme the other day and I was like, I bet you we're headed somewhere like that. Everything is so scrutinized and so second guessed. And well, what did you mean by that? And you forgot to mention this, and you forgot to mention this, and right. um, you don't have enough. It, it, 
like you can't you can't please all people all the time we we we, we know that and it, it's hard enough for us to wake up every day and and feel like uh we accomplished yesterday what we wanted to accomplish and we are proud of ourselves today um much less uh try to think about whether we pleased everyone yesterday and we did the uh, like whether whether we did exactly what they what they needed of us the what i have to remember is one of the things i read in the four agreements which is always do your best and even when that's not great you still did your best um that that on on my best days i'm going to do some some am- amazing things and i actually came upon a new uh, life philosophy a couple years ago. And it's really helped me because I noticed that I was always holding myself to the expectation, like this bar for everything that I do in my life. I was holding myself to a bar of the best I had ever done at something. So if, uh, say I completed a Rubik's cube, I've never, I don't think I've ever completed a Rubik's cube, but say I completed it once in like, uh, five minutes. If I could never complete it again in five minutes, I would wonder what the fuck happened to me. Like what's wrong? Like I should be Uh able to now do it in four and a half and then four minutes. But, um, I would especially do that with myself with like a painting that I would do. I'm like, why isn't this painting better than the last one, better than the last one? That's how it's supposed to work. Right. And we're, we're conditioned to think this way. Like, why isn't the next partner I have a better fit than the last one? It's supposed to, I'm supposed to be getting better at this. And, I realized I was like, wait a second. Um, I, there's this whole mythos about muses and this idea that when you have inspiration, it doesn't come from you. It comes from a higher power and is channeled through you. And I thought about the times in my life when I feel like I have truly shown up for someone at the right time, or I've said the right thing at the right time, or I've created something beautiful. And I can attribute none of those to my efforts or actions. It's almost like it just kind of happened the way it was supposed to happen. And it would be completely unreasonable for me to expect that a muse is going to show up on demand, that some higher power is going to funnel to me some kind of really inspiring moment at the exact moment when I, when I need it. And so like sometimes the best I can do is just uh, get up and and communicate to my boss, uh, I can't adult today, and then sleep for the rest of the day. Um, mm. And I think I I think accepting that about ourselves is critical, and then accepting that about anybody that we look for as our human is critical. To say, okay, they're gonna be human; they're gonna have good good times and bad times. But I, for personally, for me, I'm more interested in. Are they honest? Are they consistent? Are they a person of their word? Um, are they kind to strangers? Are they kind to me? Um, do we do we challenge each other? Do we spend uh, quality time together and not get tired of it? Like these kinds of things. Are there any guys in your life right now that you're with whom you're friends? You mentioned that you mentioned that you have a couple of guy friends that you have deep, meaningful conversations with. Are there any of those guys that could be? potential partners or that could be your human that perhaps we are not including as possibilities because of physical attraction or timing? Oh, I definitely think that those, those possibilities, um, you know, anything's possible. Uh, for me though, I think that, yeah, timing attraction there, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into it. I think, um, I mean, with my guy friends, 
maybe they are, are I'm friends with, maybe I'm friends with their girlfriends. Maybe I've known them for so long. They don't live here. You know, I think that, yeah, there's definitely more than just like, oh, we have a connection. Because in, in my, in my experience, I believe that you can have various connections with people and it not be a romantic one. Um, and so yep. I, I would like I to agree. add that, yeah, I, I met actually, uh, the one good thing that came out of this Bumble experience is I did meet a gentleman named Alex. He and I are friends. There's no, it's very plutonic. It's very much, he gives me feedback. I'm actually writing inside the malady. And inside the malady is where the malady is the narrator. Um, they've got a lot of, you know, they've got a lot of movies, you know, uh, Ben is back, the beautiful boy, where it, it shows what it's like to live with an addict alcoholic. And with, uh, mm-hmm. with inside the malady, the malady is the narrator. So it kind of shows um, the reader how chaotic the theater of lies is that lives upstairs in, um, in our brains. And so uh, Alex is a writer himself and he writes plays and whatnot. So we, you know, we'll meet for coffee every now and then and, 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 and uh, exchange feedback. Right. And it's totally, again, to reiterate plutonic. So that in itself is also something that, you know, don't, don't kind of like knock it. Oh, it's a dating app. I've just got to date these people. You know, I can become friends with them. Now, Mr. Wanky and Mr. Ho-Hum, like, I'm not going to be friends with those type of people because I just don't respect how they treated me, right? Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, I'm not turned off. Also, to be honest with you, the, the guy that I dated back in December, we're, we're still friends on Facebook. Uh, we're still friendly. Um, even though there was that line, there was all of that blah, blah, blah that went down. I want to let you know that we're still, you know, friendly. Um, you know, I, I, if I see him on a, my Facebook feed, I wouldn't mind pressing the heart button. Right. Um, so I, I think it's important that I, I talk about that, even though, uh, it, there's no romantic interest, um, you can still have various relationships with them. And um, however, I am looking listeners, listen, you know, if you have a brother, <laughs> you know, you know somebody, I'll have uh, Thomas put my picture up, my like contact info. Y'all can like hit hit me up. No, <laughs> but but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just I'm just trying to like work my way through it. I have no idea, right? I really there's no manual, you know. I'm just kind of going, you know, and taking it, uh, day by day and just feeling my way through this, this little game we call life. Um, and yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, I think you're doing it beautifully and you're doing it with a lot of self-love with a lot of growth, with a lot of showing up for other people. Um, and like you said, it, it does take a village to nourish our souls. It, it takes many different kinds of relationships and it takes many different depths of intimacy. 
uh, I think to meet someone's emotional, physical needs. Um, some people that are uh, polyamorous, they can separate emotional from physical and they, some needs that they have can be met outside of a, a monogamous relationship. Uh, personally, uh, I've made a list of all of my needs and I went and I looked at all of the emotional needs and I split them up into which ones I was looking to get, to get met that could be met by only myself and only by self-love ones that could only be met by a romantic monogamous partner, uh, such as physical like sex, um, and, and deep intimacy, um, the possibility of having a family, um, the ones that could be met by friends, the ones that could be met by family. Um, and, and it let me know better how to spread these needs out. So I'm not putting too much weight or expectation on a partner, but also it let me know, um, kind of where I can reach out for these needs so that the different people can show up for me in my life when they are able to, so that not no one person feels like they are a single point of failure in my life. Like if, if I happen to have a, a certain crisis, a certain day, my friends know that there's, there's five people that are going to respond. And out of those five people, like one of them, like will, uh, can help. And, and I just want to be one of those people in my friends' lives as well. And I think you're, you're absolutely right about, about the value of friendships and the value of, of all of these relationships that, that we, with, with whom people with whom we don't have that romantic bond, um, at the same time, I do know that I crave a deep level of, of, of bonded intimacy with my human, uh, and that there are, there are certain depths of, of, um, sharing myself and of sharing my experience in my dash, uh, that, that I would like to, to share with an individual, um, that I feel like. I just can't share with, with friends and that, that need is strong. Um, that desire is strong. It's not to say that I'm crying every night or that I'm lonely or all of these things, but I, I believe there is another level to the human experience that can be experienced when you have someone who completely has your back and, um, you can, you can go through this journey with them hand in hand and, and, and share those experiences. Um, but it's, uh, um, it's a nice to have, it's not required, but it is a nice to have. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I started this podcast as uh, a way to have these discussions with my friends about certain parts of the human experience we are looking for and certain needs we're looking to have met, but we can't seem to find. And as as people that care about each other, we just want those things for each other. We, we want the people around us to be fulfilled and to be happy. And we want our small role in their life to contribute to that. Um, so it's, I think it's, I think it's beautiful that you're still creating these opportunities that you're, that you're challenging your preconceived notions that you're staying open to love and that you're including the people in your life in the discussion about it. And, talking about it and using them as a sanity check, um, regardless of whether you find your human tomorrow or, or two years from now, um, I think that person will be a very, very lucky person. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. I want to point out um, a couple of things before we tie it up here. 
you, you talked about the four agreements and um that's so funny you brought that up because I have a notification on my phone that's sent like three to four times a day and it says be impeccable with your word don't take things personally don't make assumptions and do your best so I think that that's just so great that we have that in common and I want to say back to you um your human is a very lucky gal because it's not many men are as open and honest and um as forthcoming as you are and so that's a very beautiful thing And lastly, I want to let um, the listeners and you and just everybody know one thing that I did not speak about was fear. Fear is a lot of fear of rejection, right? I think you had had mentioned and tapped into it a little bit, but that really is the catalyst that uh, puts into all of these why did I let him or her get away with treating me like that? You know, it's because of that fear of rejection. Um, Because again, we all are just looking to love and be loved at the end of the day as humans. Um, And so for me, it's that fear of rejection piece that will make me kind of, you know, let something slide here and there. So I wanted to make sure that I touch on that. And I want to thank you for inviting me onto this. This was so cool to talk to you. Thank you so much for being so brave and telling the story of your recent experience and then just sharing your truth for where you are and the things that you have celebrated and that you struggled with and just connecting with me uh, today and and teaching me some things, teaching me new things and, and new viewpoints and new ways to practice gratitude and to look at the world. Um, I really appreciate you making time for me uh, and and being so brave to share your story um, and just show up for people today. Absolutely. Thank you again. And I, I'll do this whenever you, whenever you need me to chat and chat everyone's ear off for <laughs> over an hour. <laughs> yeah. Whether you believe it or not, I believe that my human is out there, and I believe that your human is as well. Thank you for joining us tonight for the Dating Debrief. I'm Thomas Tucker, your host. Please follow us on whatever podcasting service you prefer, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts these days. I am definitely looking for new people to interview and have on my show. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please send me an email at show at thedatingdebrief.com.